0: Edition of the US foxes Podcast coming to you live as always from various parts of the United States. as always in your host, Matt Folks, joined by my co-host this evening, Mr. Chris Warner, also in San Diego, up there in Del Mar. What's up, brother?
1: How you doing, Matt? Nice to see you guys again. It feels like a hell of a long time. I think the last time we spoke was pre-Christmas. In that time, I've I went back to Leicester saw us get absolutely smashed by newcastle and then come back so yeah no it's good to see you guys again
0: dude we're so stoked to have you back we we covered a little bit of last week and you know apologize to the people for the lack of shows and everything with life getting in the way basically but uh yeah to to see you back on we we ran things from behind the scenes for us last week but man yeah it's great to have you back buddy
1: yeah can't wait and i am so excited to talk our brazilian signing and i just don't want to Jump the gun, but if you're watching this live now, we have Jacyno now. <laughs> That's yeah, right.
0: yeah, yeah, as you can see there on his uh, his name tag there, just uh, Jacyno tonight, Mister Jason Becker uh, from the New York Foxes. What's up, brother? How you feeling?
2: I'm feeling great. Um, I think I said in a previous episode that I wanted a Brazilian to sign for Leicester so bad that I um, would have taken uh, one named wax (laughs) luckily did not have to go through anything that painful we have our brazilian we are brazil nuts over here going going crazy for this guy uh we finally got our man and and yeah man happy times are 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 back
0: dude amazing what
2: a brazilian can do
0: yeah, right, right. Our, our exactly.
2: friend, um, <laughs> just one so of our friends, I was all about that.
0: <laughs> just freshen you all up, man. Um, yeah, I think I, I, what's kind of struck me about this whole thing is, I mean, obviously being so stoked about the signing and any signing for that matter. We'll get into that. But just the fact, how, how insane is it that in the 140 plus year history of this club, that this is the first Brazilian to ever be signed? Like, just speak on that for a minute, Jason, just that fact.
2: Yeah, man, like, I think, like, growing up as a, as a Leicester fan, I think we, you know, really just wanted two things. Never really thought about winning the, the, the Premier League. It just seemed like it was just too far-fetched um, of an event to actually happen. But that happened. But the two things, winning an FA Cup and signing a Brazilian, those are pretty much the, the two <laughs> things that I've always wanted for Leicester. You finally got our guy. I mean, you look at some of these other clubs that are out there, i like, full of I'm like, how many brazilians have played for Burrow? like it's just insane you see like all these clubs and like they've had brazilian after brazilian and like most of these guys all become like cult heroes at, at their at their clubs and um you know no pressure tete but um you know you, you kind of have to be a kind of you're gonna have to be a cult hero for us there's no way about this
0: yeah, no pressure, no pressure at all. And I, I remember last year when the Catinho and they were trying to find a home for Catinho and obviously he ended up going to Villa. But that was another we, we all got pretty excited about that, too. The, the prospect of not only him as a player, but also getting that Brazilian signing.
2: Yeah. And I also love it that like our first Brazilian signing, like doesn't have just like doesn't go with a regular like first and, and last name. He doesn't do that. Like, he's got a singular name. it has got an accent mark in there, too. I mean, it's the dream. Like, it's really everything. Four letters, two (laughs) E's. I kind of remember there was a pretty good Brazilian player whose name was, you know, similar to that. So, uh, you know, again, again, no pressure, pal. You know, not expecting you to be the next day. Like, oh, are we? Or are we? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Chris, um, your thoughts on the, on the young man coming into a squad that, my God, has needed a right winger for, what now, six years?
1: Uh, yeah, me and the missus were talking about this on Saturday. It is six years since we had a right winger. Matt, excited is the key word here, balance as well. It mm-hmm. opens just opens the door to opportunities now to play different formations, actually have a little bit of a tactical nuance going into it versus this whole fitting a square peg in a round hole. And I can't wait to see not only what this signing does for the team, but also for the fan base as well. As just, I think every Leicester fan is excited as Jason at this moment in time, that it's, it's something new. It's that opportunity to take that next step and just continue. We need to survive. We need to stay in the premier league. And this, I think we needed something to act as a catalyst for us to do it, because let's be honest, you guys were great last week talking about just the way that it started post-World Cup and how we needed to make a change. And if that wasn't going to be the manager, which it doesn't seem like it was, we needed to bring someone in and hopefully this is it. And so, yeah, Matt, super excited. Can't wait to see what it brings, what Brendan's going to do with the squad and how it, I think we'll take other players to that next level over the next five months.
0: Good. And you look down, like you look at our history guys, and, and just since, since Riyadh left and, and the, different guys that we've tried to shove in there, whether, you know, it was Rasid Gazal when we were convinced that we had, oh, he's the next Mares. He's the next, we're we're good there. Or, you know, you look at uh, Unda last season and it's not like that we don't love Sharky, right? Like there's few guys that mean more to this club uh, and have done as much for this club as, you know, our favorite Brummy. But the fact is that when you're talking about an attacking threat, And someone that can, you know, really make a team nervous coming down that right side and in turn then um, force their players to kind of, you know, magnetize towards that player. Sharky's not that guy. And from what we've seen of Tete, like the kid loves to cut inside. He's very offensively minded. You're not going to see him necessarily tracking back super hard into our own 18, like, you know, we're used to seeing Sharky, but man, I think just the fact that we now have an offensive threat um, that can open things up um, not only goal wise, but also, you know, he's, he's had some nice assists. If you've seen his highlight videos, sending some balls across the box to find hopefully matters foot, Yuri's foot, Vardy's foot, you know, I think that that's just going to open things up, Jason, and make this offense um, which has stagnated, uh, hopefully, you know, a little bit more fluid.
2: Yeah, um, I'm, uh, you, you mentioned Gazelle, and I'm uh, very happy that we've abandoned our transfer policy of just signing poor lookalikes of former players. <laughs> we did the same thing with <laughs> Mendy and N'Golo It's like, oh, well, maybe, if, you know, they don't really look too closely. They may not notice he's even gone. So. Uh, yeah we we've needed i mean we've needed um a player like this for for years you guys you guys hit the nail on the head uh we need another attacking threat we need someone to um give our other attacking players a bit more room and 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 freedom right now you know barnes gets pretty suffocated our our strikers get pretty suffocated we just do not create enough chances so you need a guy that come in that can create chances that can play with a bit of flair to excite, excite the crowd. Um, And then also now uh, we have options with, with Madison. So we don't always have to play Madison on the right. We can play Madison in the middle now too. And if you think about like an attacking four of um, Barnes, Madison, Tete, and whoever's going to play in the number nine role, um, I think that's a pretty potent, uh, potent attack.
0: Definitely, and depending on you know formations, what Brennan decides to go with, Chris, you know, it, it, there's going to be some awkward talks for you know our midfield because we just we're stacked there. So there's going to be some guys left out. Who are you? Who, who are you thinking right away, Chris? Like coming to mind, Kdh. I mean, like what where's he going to slide?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, Matt. Um, I think, and it kind of I think it will draw into one of the discussions we'll have later about. Do we need what other signings we need to make over this next 24 hours? Because it does open the door to 4 3 3 to 4 2 3 1. But if we are going to start playing those formations, you're going to then imagine in 4 2 3 1, for example, a double pivot of potentially Tealmans and maybe KDH. If you go in 4 3 3, you're thinking maybe KDH as someone a little Tealmans more of a hold with KDH moving forward. You do lose a little bit of that defensive mentality. I think that's going to be one of the things that we're going to need to balance. And Brendan's going to need to figure out is it's all well and good. Now having four players up there that are going to give us attacking opportunities. What are we going to do defensively to your point Teddy, he seems great, but he doesn't see he's gonna give you Mares type defending. He's not gonna be able to someone that you're gonna to expect to cover their left wing or to cover their left back as they're coming forward. So I think it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I think he's gonna fit right in attacking wise, but I think we're gonna have to make some adjustments defensively to kind of compensate for that.
0: Yeah, and I think, too, and God, could we ask for anything? Like, this defensive style of play, like, we're so sick of watching this shit to be an offensively centered team that actually looks, you know, dangerous going forward. I can't wait, Jason.
2: Yeah, man, like, that performance against Brighton where we just kind of just stuck 85 men behind the ball, like, in our own box and just defended, you know, and didn't really do a whole lot else – um, it's tough to watch. And you're just not going to consistently win games unless you're creating chances. We don't create enough chances. Uh, and we didn't barely created anything against Walsall, you know? So um, We need, we needed um, a, a tricky player that can help us help us create, help us create those goal scoring chances. Um, and, it, and again, it, like what Chris said also, you know, Rodgers loves to go on and on and on about tactical flexibility and all of that. Well, you know, having a player like Tete now does help us in that department. Uh,
0: He also comes in with a, Bit of um, it, for those of you that don't know, it's it's kind of a weird transfer because God forbid we get something straightforward. Um, he he's a player that uh, is with Olympic Lyon right now, or was with Olympic Lyon. Uh, but that was only because he was a Shakhtar player, and I'm obviously um with everything that's going on in Ukraine right now. Uh, obligatory fuck Russia. Um, but you you've got to um look at this from a player's perspective here's a guy that you know his team cancels the season for whatever because it's being bought their you know facilities are being bombed and shit and he's without a club FIFA comes through with the rule that allows Ukrainian players from Ukrainian teams to sign with new teams he ends up at Lyon um so we're we've got the deal done with Lyon but then we also will have to figure something out with Shakhtar am I am I yeah. saying that right Chris from what you understand
1: Yeah, spot on, Matt. Yeah, it's going to be a a complex transfer, like you said. Um, It's one of those where we're we're taking a risk because obviously we've got him for six months. And if he performs like a superstar, which we hope he will be, then it's going to be back into maybe a competitive market for him in the summertime. But it's something we had to do. And yeah, I think we just have to deal with those consequences come end of the season
2: right jason yeah so you know still waiting to hear some of the de- details it's clearly you know we took over the contract uh from from leon or, or we basically took him from from leon um but i'm not sure yet if they if we do have you know a gentleman's agreement or any kind of you know uh, first right of first refusal or or, or anything like that with Shakhtar. um hopefully this works out well, and he plays well, and becomes the cult hero that we are demanding. Um, and and we were able to figure out a, a, a permanent deal.
0: Did I haven't seen yet? Does he have a number yet? Has anybody seen that?
2: Yeah, uh, thirty-seven. So we gave him the same number that uh, Adamola Lookman had last year. Oh, oh
0: that's that's, <laughs> so great. that's great. I don't
2: know if that's the best omen uh, for a permanent deal. <laughs>
0: yeah well maybe we'll at least try to re-sign tete uh if that's possible um you guys anything else you want to say about tete or do you want to cover some of our other uh signings and possible signings that are coming up we have not got to talk uh about bdv to uh chris yet jason but anything else you wanted to hit on
2: yeah i would just say uh, you know chris had talked about the excitement in in the crowd and the fan base and you know roger's kind of talk, maybe Rogers was right. (laughs) We were all laughing at him and mocking him for saying like, Oh, what the fans really want are new players. And I'll, you know, make them excited to get them like, no, we really wanted to see good football and we want to see the team manage properly. But you know, there is a little bit of truth that I think people are, are buzzing over this one. looks like we are trying to be active in the window. Um, And it was already evidence at Walsall away. Um, I just love that photo of you, celebrating, and there's a guy in the away end who clearly printed um the Brazilian flag using his like work printer, <laughs> brought it to the game like in an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper and just like held it up at you. <laughs> just so I'm really hoping that when we play uh, villa, that we see all of the printout Brazilian flags <laughs> everywhere. Hell yeah. Hopefully Hell that yeah. starts a trend. That, I thought just thought that was the funniest thing I've ever
0: seen. We do have the greatest fans, like plain and simple. Creative, uh, just hilarious. Uh, keep it up, boys. Chris, um, let's talk uh, about BDV. That's uh big dick Victor Christensen coming in for uh the leisure. I was calling Big Dick Chris, and then uh, Jason pointed out that BDV does rhyme much better, so and sound better. So I think we'll go with BDV on the podcast. Um we got to see him this weekend, make his debut for the club. Uh, what were your thoughts, uh, Chris, on our on our new date, uh, uh, Denmark? So, Den-
1: yeah, Denmarkian. so Denmarkian. Um, I, to be honest, <laughs> when Rogers I think called him a squirrel, did he not? In one of the press conferences before we came, um, I don't know how to squirrel.
2: Yeah, yeah, how to kind of him a squirrel? Him. got a <laughs> pair of nuts on him. That guy, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I thought it's going to take. Look, I think the biggest test is whether or not we throw him in on Saturday against Villa. Um, Look, I was there for the Newcastle game at the KP, and Luke Thomas really, really, really struggled in that game. You could see one of the things you could see when you were actually in person at the game was how much Brendan has to coach him one on one. He spent the majority of that Newcastle game talking to him, trying to coach him through the game. And I think he's been... he's been—he's. We've talked about this on the pod before. He's the sort of player that really this season needed to go out on loan to a championship side mm. and get some more experience. I do think left-back has been, with the injuries we've had, it's been a real problem for us. So I'd like to see him play. I think he brings... he will Yes, he's younger, which is slightly scary, but yeah. he has... He's got a little bit more experience playing in, in especially playing for the, in the caliber of opponents that he's, he's, he's played against. So, um, yeah, excited for him, Matt. I really can't make much judgment at this moment in time, but I think he's going to get thrown in at some point sooner rather than later. And um, hopefully will bring us a little bit more stability down that left-hand side.
0: Yeah, we've said it before. Luke just, he needed to go down there. He needed to get get a little bit more of that championship mentality because he's just been bullied up here. And I think to your point, another year in the championship of just some elbows and some dirty kicks, you know, that kind of shit that goes on down there would have been good to harden him up another year. But I mean, shit, we had no choice. Like the, the, the the way our roster came together. Like, I mean, this isn't, this isn't,
1: this isn't about Thomas's uh, top. He's been thrown in there because like you say, we've got nobody else. Right. And I mean, we're expecting him to learn, like you say, in the fire. And that's not the best way to develop a young left back. Is not right. by just chucking him in there and trying to expect him to turn into the next Roberto Carlos. on the. And so, yeah, you feel sorry for the lad in a way. You really do. But it was obvious that that was somewhere that we needed to invest in in this window. And we've done it. And hopefully good things will come from it.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, and none of this is possible. I don't know. We During the time, obviously it's during our time off guys, during the world cup break, the, the news came out that we had revisited the Australian vampire bank, uh, to make these, uh, loan to get these loans, to make these signings possible. So, uh, take that for what it's worth. Uh, it sucks having to do that, but at least we're able to sign some people, Jason. Um, you know we've we we can also dive into the the rumors cuz tomorrow is the deadline day guys we're recording this on the 30th the night of the 30th um so the deadline day is tomorrow and there are some names out there uh Harrison and Sutart uh, specifically Jason anything you're hearing on those ends um, as far as the those gentlemen
2: yeah it looks like we are really trying to 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 make these deals happen um you know we i think we're trying to get at least one more player in uh, you know there're a lot of decent reports that we've actually like we've tabled report uh, offers for um for both Harrison and Sutar. um so um that's interesting you know exciting i think um with the you know the big scots scottish australian um Whatever. we need a guy like him who yeah. can you know be a threat um on set pieces and also to help us defend uh, and win the aerial duels. It does seem like uh, we were looking for that for, for players who are, who are better in the air. We're not very good in the air. Let's just face it. This side is it so, you know, with Nico Gonzalez being um, the first target for, for right at right wing um, he's, he's very good aerial player. Um, so we lost does look like we are trying to kind of bring in a little bit more of that profile. Um, and uh you know, a big six six defender who um Stoke fans love and uh I thought did a, a very respectable job in the World Cup against some top opponents. I think that you know could be an exciting uh, signing. Generally, I'm not the biggest fan of signing players after a um an international tournament. I think you get ripped off. But um with Stoke in the financial position that they are, they're not really in a they don't really have the ability to kind of to jack up the price too high for him they're gonna need the money um so it looks like a decent business and a decent buy there um and then jack harrison i kind of think about him more of as more of a character signing you know like his his stats are not really through the roof he gets a decent number of, of of goals um and assists he puts in a very good corner so there's a check mark for him the fact that he can beat the first man on a corner um pretty much yeah, sign him up, but uh, his goal creating actions are, are pretty uh, from live play or you know, he's pretty woeful actually, but we need a guy who kind of can play with the aggression that he does, that can play with the energy that, that he has um, that can show a bit of leadership and, and courage uh, on the pitch. And he's that kind of a guy. Um, also, um, Jack had uh, responded to one of my friends' DMs uh, years ago with a very, very uh, thoughtful message about recovering from from a hip injury. They both had the same hip injury. So uh, on that basis alone, uh, yeah, get the guy in.
0: You're a big fan. You're a big fan. Cool. Well, depending on what uh, the evaluation or what it comes in from, because it sounds like we're kind of miles off. Uh, I was listening to, um, I believe it was... um, pipes or um talking to someone from their one of their blogs about what they valued him at and they had him at 40 million is what they thought that he was worth and i just i mean gallagher's, about did a spit set, take.
1: gallagher's set the market there hasn't he today yeah. with the move to newcastle for 40 million it i mean i to jason's Stupid. point i just want to echo that the i think the stoke center half is that someone that we should definitely be the bid went in percy says it went in for 15 million I would, hopefully, if it gets rejected, I'd like to see us go back again tomorrow. This does have that, I don't know, what did we buy Maguire for from Hall? Was it 12? About 12 million, I think it was. Yeah. It kind of, I don't know, got that vibe. That kind of, this. But with this one's Jason's point, he's performed on the biggest stage in the World Cup. He did a pretty solid job there. Centre half is something we're desperate for. I mean, God, we all love Big Dan on this podcast, but... We need cover there, even if, like, otherwise we're expecting him and Fouts to play the entire season. Evans doesn't look like he's coming back until middle. That keeps getting middle of Feb. That keeps getting pushing back further and further and further. And even if it is a case where he's not going to play all the time, we still need coverage in that area. Because otherwise we're going to have to rely on Wilf to come back and play at centre-half. And that's just not, because we're not playing best of God. It looks like Sanchu might be out the door to atletico madrid tomorrow it's like we've we just got not got the numbers there
0: well it's like Brendan said you know we need a squad refresh we need a whole squad refresh and and you know how we just keep saying the same shit i feel like where it's like oh it, don't get me wrong you know i'm the biggest fan of dan or i'm the biggest fan of marky but And, you know, we're finding ourselves saying that line about multiple players, and it's a good sign that it's time to refresh because God bless them for everything they've done, and I have so many of their damn jerseys in my closet, every one of them. But, you know, there just comes a time where if you're going to stay, um, you know, a relevant, uh, dangerous club in the Premier League, you've got to continue to refresh, and you can't just rest on the good old days. And I think we're at a point now where that, we're, we're, we're right up against that. And, you know, January has not always been the biggest. <laughs> we don't do this. So the fact that we're talking about three, maybe even four freaking players coming in right now. I mean, it's just crazy, Jason. It shows like where we are.
2: Yeah, it shows, I think, also how desperate we are. Um, and that relegation is real. I think, it, it, you know, if, if we were in a more comfortable position in the window, I don't think we would do this kind of business. But the costs of relegation... Are uh, a hell of a lot worse than um, the, the the financial outlay to, to bring in a few new players. So um, yeah, it, this is key. This is big. Uh, and I, I I remember last time we brought in a um, defender from Stoke in the January transfer window, and that worked out pretty damn well. So with um, a big old head, more of that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and, yeah. Our fourth co-host, uh, Jim, uh, who couldn't be here with us tonight, feel better, buddy. He is under the weather. But, yeah, he, he made that same point earlier this week.
2: And, uh, I, you know, we're talking about, you know, the squad refresh to use a Rogersism. Um Yeah, it, it's needed. Uh, but just – I probably shouldn't do this. But well, just allow yourself, just close your eyes for a moment and just uh, picture – a fully healthy Ricardo on the right wing, with Tete in front of him, and this mm-hmm. kind of telepathic Portuguese offensive combination and explosion. Just, just think about that for just a minute. Let yourselves imagine that that maybe that could be a possibility for maybe one game, and uh, and then suddenly, um, man, life life feels a lot better.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah, fully healthy. Just the first part about a fully healthy Ricardo that that got me excited uh, just enough. So, um, going on from there, I know you spoke about Suyantu possibly heading to uh, Madrid tomorrow. Uh, the other one that we seems to be done is Eote. Uh Looks like he's headed to Real Betis, depending on what you've read. Anybody, either of you, heard any more about that?
2: I have a feeling that there might be something in in that. Well, I don't know that was a terrible sentence but it does seem like there's something in that because of the fact yeah. that we're still pursuing um jack harrison yeah in a winger. and i don't think we would be doing that if we uh if i don't think we would uh be doing that if we didn't think that there was an option to 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 ship out IOSA. i don't think we will unless we do bring in another winger um so it seems sort of they just kind of seem to have left that dangling out there um uh, but Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about that. I don't know if it's wishful thinking from from people, but it does seem like there are some some credible reports uh, about him going going back to spin.
1: I suppose on those lines, it's the same with Shinjiu as well. You would, if you see movement with Shinjiu tomorrow, then that probably gives us a good indication that there's some positive movement happening with Stoke in terms of the negotiations. So, as Leicester fans, if you're listening up to this podcast between now and the transfer deadline. Not only look at some of the players that we're bringing in, maybe look at the outgoings, which could tell us a little bit about the status of some of the potential inflows towards the end of the deadline.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. What what an absolute strange ending if he is gone. Is there a, a weirder trajectory path at leicester for any player than kaglar soianchu i mean a guy that came in and just fucking grabbed the league by the balls and was like look at me i'm here and then for whatever reason i don't know if he you know made fun of brendan's accent something went on and now how else do you explain it jason it's so strange
2: well, he, he actually did have a pretty rocky start. I think when his first few games with us, I think, uh, I don't know that he was fully fit. I don't think we were planning to play him um, as soon as we did, but his footwork was just very awkward. Um, and it just didn't look very comfortable out there for us. And I had suggested back then that uh, over the summer, we signed him up for for ballet class. And I think he did it. Remember. And then he came back the next year if you ever, and that was the Sayanthi that that we remember that it's, that's the Sayonchi you're talking about right there, who just uh PFA, you know, player of the year for one season, um, just looked like a you know, he was mean, he was like an aggressive defender, could push the ball up the pitch. Um, but yeah, like just something has clearly gone on. Um, just remember that horror show at, at Bournemouth when he kind of snapped. And I think um Rodgers probably got PTSD from from that game and and probably didn't trust him um, after that. And we just saw that he just wasn't the same player anymore, um, had difficulty staying focused, uh, and um, was prone to just kind of snap again. Um, And it it was sad to see. I think some of that also kind of coincides a little bit with Johnny Evans and his physical decline also. I think he really did rely on... Um, on his partner on on johnny evans to kind of keep him in check and uh, and to be there for him and to be that kind of security blanket for him and now he's just kind of been shut out i mean he said all the right things in an interview earlier in the year and i thought we were going to see like a, a new syanchu and and kind of a refocused player um and it's just really it's a shame because it's just kind of a waste of a squad place and it's, it's a waste of like some of these golden years of, of of his career um you know he seems like a decent enough guy i met him outside the the stadium once he was kind enough to take a photo with uh, my brothers and i um i you just i always think about um like things that jose Marino said to players and if you remember like what um from that amazon show and he's talking to Dele alley and just kind of telling him like you might, you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to be 50 years old. And like, what are you doing with your career? And are you taking advantage of this? And um, it's just a shame to see a guy that we know um, has it in him and can be as good as Soyonshu is just kind of sitting around in limbo like this.
0: Yeah. I'll always be thankful to the guy though for um, what he did against Christian Pulisic when. Pulisic made his Premier League debut against Leicester, and every idiot American media outlet that had no idea about soccer was watching this game and just recording every move that Christian made, hoping to get his first Premier League goal, and it would have been shown 50,000 times going past Casper uh, Schmeichel had it happen, but... Uh Man, Cags just dominated his ass, put him in his pocket and ruined the day for all of American soccer media. And it was so fucking perfect. I bought Cags jersey 0.8 seconds after the end of that game because I was so thankful. So, Chris, any last memories for Cags? I think Jason summed it up
1: really nicely. Sadness. I mean, yeah. you look at this guy and you think to yourself about where he was and the potential and where it's gone. Uh, this perform- his performances for Leicester, for Turkey, sorry, are just as bad. I mean, if you watched him in the Euro qualifiers, it was card, a guy yeah. that had zero confidence and was continually thrown into positions where it was obvious that he just wasn't mentally right to be able to do that. And I just wish him, good. if he does go tomorrow, I wish him the best of luck. I think a change for him is a positive, I think... The sort maybe La will fit him a little bit more. Maybe it'll give him an opportunity to kind of develop. And yeah, to your point, Matt. I mean, he had some great games for us, and I'll always remember the hair. As it, those locks yeah. will all, always stick with me as a Leicester fan. They were stunning, absolutely yeah. stunning for a lad that has no our- hair. They were just stunning.
0: <laughs> he was uh, one of our team Pantene Pro-V players, uh, you know, that at the beginning of the year. So we, we, yeah, absolutely. Um, one last one, Jason, maybe you can uh, fill us in. This one kind of developed today out of absolutely nowhere, right around 3 p.m. West coast. Uh, Nathan Opoku, can you, can you tell us uh, anything here for those of us that don't, uh, aren't familiar?
2: Yeah. So I, I haven't seen a lot of him um play but uh, for folks who are just hearing that name for the first time he is uh, a Ghanaian uh, born player grew up in, in, in Ghana came to the United States uh, to go to university and to play football um, he was playing at a smaller uh, a smaller college uh, I think he scored a goal a game over there Syracuse University brought him in I think they won the um, the, the NCAA like the, the university championship. Uh, he had 11 goals, eight assists in, um, in his 25 games at, at Syracuse, scored some big goals for them, um, in the, the the lead up to, to the national championship. He's a striker. Um, he looks like he's strong. He looks like he's got some pretty deep nimble, like footwork too. Um, and, and you know, and a heavy shot on him left footed. Uh, so it does sound like we are bringing him in. Uh, and then going to send him uh, on loan to Lovren if if this all goes through, which um, I think we've all been kind of waiting for these kind of yeah. deals to happen. Like, what's the point of having Lovren if we're not going to take advantage of of that that opportunity to to develop players, to bring in players, keep them off our books, move the money around, um, and and do that? I mean, if you look at um, look at Brighton this week and and Mitomo. Um, they did the same thing with this guy, and, and now he's just taking the, the Premier League by storm. So um, now we have our own guy like that, and, and let's see how he develops. But it does look like um, um, he still needs to develop as, as a player, but if you can score goals, um, there's always a place for you. And am thinking, that, well, maybe not. Um, yeah. Kalechi Iannaccio is listening. Um, yeah he'll tell tell us that that's not necessarily true.
0: In Brendan's offense, yeah. Um, you said the man's name, guys. Let's dive right into it. Uh, this weekend against Walzell, Uh Definitely here we are again, guys, a lower league opponent, and we play down to them. Um, but Kalechi saves us again. Chris, um, your thoughts on the, uh, the match this weekend? We got to see Mr. Everson again as well.
1: I yeah, I mean, firstly Nacho, that's 27 goals in 46 FA Cup appearances, which is absolutely insane. Um, I think you're right. There was a little bit of playing down to them, um, but also just the chances that we missed, especially in the second half, were some just shocking. Some of them were just ridiculous. But again, it was I think. Uh, a demonstration of our season. I think the Leicester of last year, two years ago, would have smashed them. Like there was, they offered nothing, and we just were continually stuck. I thought Yuri played quite well. I think it was one of his better games I've seen him play in in quite a while. Um, but it was just a reflection of a team that just appeared so low in confidence, Matt. And when you have a when you when you're low in confidence, you will always end up playing down to these sorts of situations. I know we joked on our guys that, like, that wrexham United game, we were dreading the prospect of potentially be given Wrexham away as, like, in the next round because you just don't see the team at the moment moving to kind of taking those games and winning. Um, but, yeah, I thought the goal was it's unlucky on Wrexham. I mean, it was probably ending up closer to the corner flag than it was going in, Um Maybe the penalty miss was a reflection of the penalty decision. It wasn't exactly, it was a bit I dubious, like. if I'm being totally <laughs> yeah. honest. In fact, I think it was so dubious that ESPN don't even show the actual penalty in the highlights. So if you go back and watch the highlights on YouTube, they just kind of <laughs> skip straight to the Yuri miss. I don't know what that's supposed to say, but <laughs> kind of crazy. But all in all, yeah, scraped by, wasn't great, kind of a repeat of Gillingham. Um, and hopefully if we can get some performances in the league, then the draw has been really kind to us today and gives us an opportunity to make the last date. But yeah, not great. I think my summit, not great, Matt.
0: Yeah. He, his quotes, I don't know if you guys got to hear him after the match when they were interviewing him, but uh, they were asking, you know, this is your, you score so many times in the FA cup. Like, what is it about this? And he, he just said, I love the FA cup. The FA Cup loves me. I was
2: <laughs> like, oh, that's
0: perfect. That is literally perfect, Jason.
2: I love it. I love those Kelechi lines. Like when he scored uh, that um, uh, goal against Brighton in, in the Cup, uh, and he just said he was too cold. He was couldn't be bothered to to play extra time, so he just had to score the goal. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, again, once again, and Nacho saves the day in the FA Cup. He is a Cup god, the guy. Um Scores goals. He loves the competition. It loves him back. We love him in the competition as well. Um, but speaking about strikers and scoring goals uh, and dubious penalties and poorly taken penalties, Yuri is pretty tidy for, for us from the spot. So I'm not going to question Yuri Tielemans getting the ball to take that penalty. But, and here's the way I'm thinking right now. Uh, our strikers are not scoring goals. No. Our strikers have no confidence, and we're not giving them a lot of chances, although Kalechi did did have a, a few chances. He probably could have had a few goals that game. Why not put your striker on the spot, get him that goal, and maybe kind of build some confidence and, and get someone on the scoring run?
0: Yeah.
2: You're playing of. Walsall, a team that awesome. you should smoke, and you miss a penalty, you miss a penalty. You should still feel like you're going to go win the game. Why not? Why not do that? Why not try to build, like we have a team that's really, really low in confidence right now. I think we have to take every opportunity we can to kind of boost that confidence. And um, it's just something. I, I mean, I'm not a manager. There's probably a good reason why I'm not a football manager, but um, to me, it just kind of makes sense to get your striker on the board.
0: Yeah, it's so strange, especially when you consider, like, the players that we have. Like, Daka, for example, he's just... he rem- with the smile, he just reminds me of a sweet kid. You know, I, I've never just had that, oh, he's a killer, you know, and that's kind of what I think is missing. Whereas Vards is the most confident player of my lifetime possibly that I've ever seen, and that's completely gone now. And ianacho you know, has now bailed, saved Brendan's ass how many freaking FA Cup matches. So it's just like, I don't know if it's to your point there, Jason, that's perfect. Like get them the goal, get them reminded, get them the feeling of, Oh God, get that weight off me. This is what I do. This is what I do. Get the swag back, get yeah. a little, you know, that, that's such a great point, man. Chris, your thoughts on that?
1: No, I agree completely. I think also we're, we're just running into bad luck as well, because you think of, that chance that Ian Acho had as soon as he came on, where it was from the big long boot and he had to take on a defender, and instead of kind of beating the defender, he cut inside and had the shot. You have to think that if Daka was in that position, he would have maybe taken on the defender and got a better opportunity from that. So it's again, it's that, but it all just comes into fruition of the fact that we're not scoring goals. And to your point, I think it's—I've never thought of that kit like you said, Jason, but it makes complete sense to me. Give the guys that need the confidence to score goals the opportunity to score goals. What's the worst? They can miss. Okay, who cares? But yeah, it's a great point, and I think something that I wish if Brendan was listening, take that moving forward, mate, and get docker and Barney taking penalties.
2: Yeah, you're not going to get too many more games against you know lower league opposition like that where you can afford maybe afford to miss. So go go for it. You're playing with house money there. Yeah, you're exactly right, bud.
0: Um, it's also what the what the hell are they feeding their defenders at Wallsall? Were those not like a bunch of giant mud dudes? <laughs> My God, man. I mean, slow as hell, but those are some big ass dudes. Um, moving on from Wallsall, guys. Uh obviously stoked to be going. And then we got an amazing draw once again. Shout out to ball number 10. Uh, it looks like we will either get a blackburn or um uh, Birmingham correct in 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 the yeah. next round depending on where that happens so uh Jason the, your thoughts on that
2: yeah I mean I'm not going to take either of those um teams lightly but the FA Cup is setting up pretty nicely a lot of big teams are out already yeah I think you know this is something that could really add a bright spot to the season and uh you know I hope we really really push on and 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 try to get somewhere in this in this tournament
0: a bright spot or the spot for the season is the way yeah. that it's looking right now. Um So, yeah, we, we guys onward and, and upward in that competition. Um And then looking ahead to uh, this weekend, we will uh, be headed to play our friends over at Villa Park. Um, Chris, any thoughts heading into a, another wonderful Midlands matchup with our favorite uh, gang over there?
1: We're going to get chances at Villa Park. We always get chances at Villa Park. What is the difference between Leicester winning and Leicester losing? There is taking those chances, and that's going to be the key. I do think we've got the opportunity. We'll have the opportunities in that game. We've just got to take our advantage in that situation. I think Villa are an okay side. I think they've, they. I but I think they're they're a team that we could take advantage if given if we have the right situation. So yeah, it'll be tough, but. Um, Who knows, mate? I mean, um, we need something at some point. So hopefully Saturday is the catalyst to start the season again.
0: Yeah, they're sitting in 11th right now, um, coming off a 1-0 defeat of Southampton. Uh, on the 21st, before that, they beat uh, Leeds. And uh, before that, they lost in the FA Cup. To your point, Jason, they lost to Stevenage. Um, so it, it's there that with us being, you know, a few spots behind them, it makes it that much more important for us to get a result. These are the games that we've got to focus on, especially with the run of matches coming up.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it doesn't get any easier uh, after after Villa. So we're desperate for points. This might be our best opportunity to get anything um, in the next month or so. So, um, yeah, we, we've got to go for this one.
0: Definitely yeah, do. hopefully, you know, we get the guys in, get that new player bounce going, and uh, hopefully make the boys, you know, we got new guys in the locker room. It's freshened up. Things are going well. And, yeah, then hopefully we can uh, turn it into some points. I mean, and, and and you know, maybe this could be the catalyst to start start the turnaround, man.
2: Hope so, man. Speak it into existence for us, please, Matt. Yeah, I,
0: uh, I, I'm I, confident. I I really am. I think with we get, you know, some it's shocking when you get some new guys with good attitudes around you. I mean, you've probably seen it at work. The difference between, you know, a, a guy with who's fun to talk to to come in and, and kind of refreshes up the office versus, you know, another uh, guy that's, maybe not necessarily the most fun person to uh, have sitting next to you in the cubicle. So, um, yeah, man, it's
2: always great when uh, business is booming, you've got someone in there bringing in new clients and et cetera, getting the revenue pumped yeah, up. You're starting to exactly. think about that bonus pool maybe at the end of the year being a little sweeter <laughs> than, than expected. So yeah, definitely. Hopefully, hopefully, um, yeah, some, some new hotshots uh, on the team will uh, lift everyone's spirits.
0: Awesome. Well, it's a 7 o'clock game uh, here on the West Coast, so uh, I look forward to seeing all my San Diego Foxes at the Blue Foot. Um, Very important match. Chris, will you be down there with me?
1: Yes, sir. I cannot wait. It's been too long to down to the Blue Foot.
0: It has. It has. Um, So, yeah, guys, with that, um, definitely lots of crazy shit going on around the club. Anytime we're at this time of the year in January, usually it's not this crazy, but we've got signings coming in left and right. And, yeah, it just shows where we are right now. And maybe, you know, by tomorrow, we'll have three new players on the side. And that would certainly be um, a added bonus. So um, on that note, boys, anything else that you want to cover for our fine uh, Fox listeners before we take off for another week?
2: Um, I'll just say, you know, New York Foxes will be at Football Factory at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning for, for the Villa game. So uh, if you're in in and around New York City, you know, come down and, and join us. Um, I've actually missed the last two games at Football Factory, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The Villa Villa have you know pretty pretty solid group over there, some some decent guys. Um, but you know, was there at the at the factory yesterday just to make sure everything is still, you know in good shape over there um jack and 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 tommy took took very good care of me and uh had a special guest in town yeah, so there, took yeah. uh took mr uh, angus lineker down to uh, the football factory oh, showing sense. him around so um great guy great Leicester fan as well and um yeah so looking forward to um you know bringing everyone else down uh this weekend and seeing everyone
0: I'm glad to hear that you have decent Villa fans uh, where you are because we absolutely do not. And I uh, usually have to, I usually find myself we do the group photos with the San Diego Foxes every week, you know, in front of our banner after the matches and almost without fail, I always have to Photoshop uh, this one Villa fan who's always flipping us off in the background and got his finger in there. So not my favorite uh, fan base, but they do show up and they have been there a long time. Um, you know, it, in contrast to the Newcastle fans that suddenly have shown up, Chris.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got we've we've had a pretty solid relationship with the Villa fans. They've kind of they started out when we started out, and we've kind of grown and split a little bit. Some of some of the more eclectic Villa fans, shall we say, have been yeah. and gone and left the left the blue foot. But hey, the lads the lads will be there, and we'll all be there, and it'll be great to see the full Diego Foxes. All I'll end with Matt and say. I wasn't one of those that tried to steal an honest flag at the Newcastle game. I promise. I promise you. Mm-hmm. Well, I was not part of it. <laughs> it not looked really good. I'll just say, it, it on principle, it seemed like a good idea. Like it, it yep. did create a little bit of an additional atmosphere before the game. Great. It looked great. Looked pretty cool. <laughs> but I just walking out at the end of it and just seeing the stewards by the by the exit. And this poor lady, she must have had about seven in her hand as Leicester fans just tried to take it with her. I mean, God bless and the club for thinking that yeah. someone wouldn't steal it. And you know, One it, could more, be, it could... wasn't me. Honest to God, <laughs> it wasn't me.
0: And and in fairness, I'm sure this was, you know, not what this was being done for. But our club does have the tradition of giving away a lot of free shit to supporters. So maybe some people were just mixed up and thought it was, a you know, a donut or a beer or, or a scarf. Well, yeah, we've like, been
1: given it was Boxing Day. So we've been given beer from top fantastic before the game so yeah maybe they just kept that incentive going
0: <laughs> no <laughs> great great idea in principle club so shout out to whoever had that idea but yeah I, it unfortunately in this day and age pretty much anything that's not buckled down is going to get taken um on that note guys uh jason anything else bud
2: i was just going to say you know new york and leicester uh we're not so different after all
0: <laughs> the same exact thing would happen here
2: Yeah, same here.
0: Um, Guys, on that note, thank you all for joining us uh, again for another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast. Uh, Once again, feel better to our co-host Jim down in Houston. He is under the weather, so we are hoping he feels better soon. Um, Get better, buddy, and we will see you next week on that. And, yeah, guys, let's see what happens. Like I said, it will be a, it could be a very different team tomorrow, and uh, hopefully Brendan's already pouring over some new um, offensive notes and formation notes and trying to figure out uh, what the hell he's going to do this weekend because it is a big one. For uh, Chris, for Jason, and for Jim in Texas, uh, we love you guys and can't say thank you enough for joining us week in, week out. Tell your friends, tell your family. And we'll see you next time on the US Podcast. Peace.